this country this morning. Amen. That we live in. Father, we thank you this morning. And we give you a standing ovation for being King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and God for giving us this great country that we live in. We thank you for freedom, Lord, and liberty and justice. And Lord, we pray for our country this morning that you would heal this land, God, and that Jesus would be Lord over the entire nation, Father. And we stand in the gap this morning for them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, King. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Tell somebody next to you, it's good to be free. Amen. How many believe that? You know, we don't know what freedom is until we don't have it. And we know we got a little bit of a picture of some loss of freedom last year during that COVID crisis and where we're telling us what we could and couldn't do. And I want to talk about freedom in Christ this morning on this awesome celebration of our nation. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my country. I'm thankful. A lot of people say that we have a lot of problems, but uh, you haven't been to another co- other countries. And you'll see how blessed we are as a nation. Sometimes I wish we could go visit other countries and uh, see how blessed we are. As we talk about freedom in Christ, I'm here thankful for Christ this morning. The freedom, the definition of freedom is this. I want you to think about this. The power or right to act speak or think as one wants without hindrances or restraints that's what freedom is the power or right to act speak or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint you know sometimes it's hard to realize how awesome freedom is again like i said a second ago until we lose our freedom right now today how many know there's lots of people in prison here and all around the world and some have life sentences every day they look at the same four walls they're told when to go to bed when to wake up they're told when to eat they're told where they can go there's no freedom there's no liberty there and that's that's here on this earth I started beginning to think about the isolation that they have some some people spend a lot of their time in prison in isolation totally by themselves in a room and then I started thinking about how free we are in our country. You know, you got to get up this morning, choose where you wanted to go to church, choose who you wanted to worship, choose who you wanted to worship with. Some of us had a choice in here to pick a car to come in, and you had a nice house to come from, and you're going to have a place to go after to eat if you want to, or you can go to a grocery store and buy uh, food. You had the choice of the clothes you wore this morning, You have the choice of where you went to buy the clothes. All these choices that we have, all these freedoms that we have, we can go right now after this service and do anything we want. You can go to a lake. You can go to a park. You can go to a house. You can gather together. All these freedoms that we have, but we sometimes don't think about how free we are because we take for granted that freedom. And I began to think of some of the countries. You know, for example, Cuba in just not almost a rock's throw literally you can get there in a few minutes on a boat from Florida that close to our country that communist country who in the last few years has changed quite a bit still only has watch this teenagers one channel one digital channel to watch and what that one channel they get to watch is communist and everything they watch is controlled by the government they can't use the internet teenagers 
Can you imagine that, not being able to use the internet at all? And if you were able to use it, it would be totally controlled? And then you think about North Korea, for example. In North Korea, listen to some of these things about North Korea. They're, all their daily activities are strictly controlled. And when I say all, I mean all. All the activities of daily life. For example, when they go someplace, if they can go someplace, they have to ask for permission to go anywhere. For example, if you could, which you can't, go to church in North Korea this morning, you would have had to ask the government for permission to come to this service. And you would have gotten here, not in a car, because they don't have cars, but you'd have got here in public transportation. And to go in the public transportation, you would have had to have permission. That changes perspective a little bit, doesn't it? No restaurants, no malls, no cars, only public transportation. Unless you're a member of elite or privileged North Korean society, you are among some of the poorest people in the entire world, making on average less than $60 a month. And on that $60 a month, you only have certain things you can buy. So to put that in perspective, $60 a month it would be like one person working minimum wage here in the United States one day. What you make in one day is what they live on in a month. That's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? You start thinking about other countries, and we should at least, I hope, really appreciate the life that we live, the country that we have. Now, thinking about that physically here in the United States, where we live, and we can go anywhere again. Let me say that again. You can get in your car after service, and you could drive to Oklahoma. You could drive all the way to Oregon if you wanted to. You could go south down, all the way down to the border of Mexico. You could go across the border to Mexico if you wanted to. You can go anywhere you want, and you have all this freedom. But church, how many know that freedom that we have isn't really free? It's funny that that word free is in freedom, because it's not free. It costs somebody something. The freedom to be able to do all that, and even though a lot of times we complain about our country, the freedom that we have in this country is because people gave their lives. Somebody paid a price so that we can have that freedom. And we don't even have to, it goes without saying, all the stupid things people do with their freedom. Amen? What about spiritually? Let's take that same idea and bring it over to the spiritual realm. How many know we take for granted our spiritual freedom? I'm going to assume this morning, just for my case and what I'm talking about, that every single one of you in here are smart people and you believe in Jesus Christ. Okay? You believe that He is the Lord. You believe He died on the cross for your sins. If you don't believe that, you're going to have a chance to believe that this morning. Okay? But as we all believe in Jesus Christ and we have freedom in Christ, I want you to think about this spiritually. We also take our freedom spiritually for granted. Because sometimes we don't think, what have we been saved from? When was the last time? This is going to be kind of a personal message, and don't worry. I'm not, I'm not worried if you amen me or not. They're going to be doing a bunch of amens online. I can hear them. Amen. amen? I don't need you here. But I don't care if you amen me good or not. This is going to be a message to get you to think. And I want you to think about what we've been. Some people say, what am I saved from? Let me just make it real simple. It's also going to be a very simple message. You're saved from hell. Hell. Some people think that they live in hell on earth. But let me just talk a little bit about hell. And of course, most of you, 
know my testimony and know how personal hell is to me. It should be personal to all of us, but it's a humongous part of my testimony because I had a revelation. That that's, and we should all have that revelation. It sounds kind of weird saying it, but I had a real serious revelation the night I got saved that that's where I was going that night. God told me if I didn't get saved. Now, we all know that if you reject Christ, everybody's going there. But that night, I had a revelation, changed my life, transformed my life. But we don't think enough sometimes about hell, just like we don't think about people in North Korea that have to ask for permission to go somewhere because we take for granted that we can just get in the car, we can just go somewhere, we can go to the lake, we can do whatever we want. We take that for granted. We also do it spiritually, and we don't think enough about what God has saved us from. Because you can't really appreciate freedom in Christ if you, know, if you don't really think about what you're free from. So I want to just describe just a little bit and get us to think about this morning just a little bit what hell is like. I'm not going to spend a long time on it, don't worry. But I want you to think that this is what we've been saved from, a place of total isolation. Anybody ever heard anybody say, I'm going to party when I get to hell? It's the stupidest saying ever said. There's going to be no partying in hell, and people aren't even going to be together. It's going to be total isolation. They're going to be apart from everybody else, and, and, and hell is going to be the loneliest place ever, and it's forever. The loneliest place ever and forever. Now listen to this. It's a place of absolute darkness, the Bible says, where the light of God does not shine. I want you to think about that for a second. In the darkest place physically in this world... Think about Alaska getting one hour of daytime certain parts of the year or other parts of the world that are super dark in what is violence and poverty and all those things. None of that can even start to compare to what hell is. None of it can even begin to get us to understand because even in that place of darkness in Alaska or darkness in a wicked place where there's sex trafficking and there's murder and there's violence and all those things, God's light still shines there. But this is going to be a place where there will be no light of God. And I want you to think about this. No presence of God. In this place this morning, the presence of God is here. Whether you believe in Him or not, He's here. When you walk out of these doors into this land outside of the four walls and go wherever you want to go with your freedom, God's presence is there. But hell is going to be a place where there is no presence of God. And we don't even know what that's like. We can't even imagine it because, again, even the most foul person in the world still is enjoying the presence of God. It'd be like somebody saying, well, I don't believe in the sun. But yet the sun is beaming on them. Right? They're still getting the light of the sun whether they believe in the sun or not. And so it's a place of absolute darkness where the light does not shine. And each person in hell will be someone who has rejected the love of God and chose darkness. Let me give you just a few words. I'm not going to put any scriptures up on the screen, but you can read these later. Here's a few descriptions of the Bible. And by the way, I didn't say this in the first service. The hell is mentioned 172 times in the Bible. Jesus himself mentioned hell 70 times himself. And he actually talked more about hell than he did heaven. And the reason he did is because he wants us to go to heaven. He wanted us to know that hell was a real place. You know, it's interesting that a lot of churches might not even mention the name hell. How many know it's important for us to understand what the Lord has saved us from? Amen? I'm thankful for that. 
The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 that, that, that it's a place of torment. Torment and torture. Matthew 8, Matthew 22, and Matthew 25 says it's a place of outer, outer darkness. I don't even think we can understand what that darkness is. Have you ever turned off all the lights in a room, covered every light that's possible, and closed your eyes, and, or, or left and looked around and saw the darkness? At some point, in some moment, you begin to get acclimated to the darkness, and you begin to see shadows and figures. This is going to be a place of absolute outer darkness, the Bible says. But more than anything, where God's light won't shine. Matthew 8, Matthew 13, and Matthew 22 says a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. I started to think about the weeping and gnashing of teeth. We don't really walk around and go, hey, did you gnash your teeth lately? We don't really say gnashing of teeth very much, right? But do you know what it is? It's such pain that your teeth grind. There's such agony that your jaws are locked together. And the Bible says this is going to be a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the last one is, in just a short description, in Matthew 18 and 25 and Jude 7, hell is a place of eternal fire. You know, there's a belief and a, and a preaching in, in the world today. I don't know specific churches, but there are churches that preach that hell is not forever. They, they, they preach what's called annihilation, that someone's going to go to hell and they're going to burn and they're going to be gone. It's going to be over. they be like cremated. That's not what the Bible teaches. See, when we think about what the Bible teaches, it, it gives us an understanding of what we're free from. Amen? See, you're not amen, but that's okay. Hopefully you're thinking. Hopefully you're appreciating. And, and the last one is Mark 9 says that this is a place where the fire does not go out and the worm doesn't die. So sometimes we come in on a Sunday and we worship and we praise God and we, and, we, and we clap and we believe, but we don't really stop and think, man, what has God really saved me from? Because we don't have that revelation. So I want you to think about that this morning in the physical and in the spiritual. In some place like communist North Korea in the physical and in some place like hell in the spiritual, which is a physical place for us, that the freedom that we have in Christ is more important when we realize what we're saved from. Now watch what the Bible says in Romans chapter 6. Why is it that hell is the destination of those who reject Jesus? Because the wages or the payment of my sin is death. The wages of my sin is death. But how many are thankful that every time there's something negative, God's got a positive? How many are thankful that God didn't just create hell? Two or three. I'm thankful. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that hell wasn't even created for us. It wasn't even created for us. We, we in our rebellion, and when I say we, I mean all of humanity, in our rebellion caused hell to be created for people. It was created for the devil and his angels. But people began to say, you know what, I don't want to listen to God's commands. I don't want to accept Christ. I don't want to do what God says. And we had, began to populate hell. And hell began to grow. Just like it does, I use this example a lot, maybe you've never heard it, just like it does in our real lives. If you, how many of you live in a small town, Let me say, a small town like Crum or Sanger or something, that's a place like I live in, Bridgeport or Decatur, 5, 10, 15,000, that's a small town, Argyle, small places where there's not hundreds of thousands of people. You know when those cities were started, just like Dallas itself and Fort Worth, when they started those cities, they didn't start the city going, you know what, let's build a jail first. 
Let's build a jail for all the bad people. You don't go start a new city and, and make a jail. You go start a city and you make restaurants and you make a church and you make good things. And then down the road, people start disobeying the law. And all of a sudden, they're like, man, we got to go arrest this person because they're not obeying the law. We made this nice, pretty little city of crumb, and now we got criminals. So we got to go get a sheriff. We got to go get a police officer. And we got to go arrest them. Now we got to put them someplace. How many are seeing what I'm saying? It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. That, that, that city's created for fun and 4th of July and fireworks and hot dogs and barbecue and fellowship and music. But then someone's got to come along and ruin it. Someone's got to come along and be disobedient. Then they got to start making the jail. It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. People reject. But if we don't think about what we were saved from, we don't appreciate our freedom. Amen. And he says, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Some people say, oh, those Christians, they're just so single-minded. They're just so one-way-minded. It's just because we believe the Bible. He says, because the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. How many know you can only have one Lord? One Master. Jesus said you can't serve two Masters. You can only have one. Now watch this. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life. How many are thankful for your life in Jesus? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say in, in that higher power. We were witnessing to someone at Cracker Barrel the other day. And she's in a rehab. And I was hoping she'd be here today. I don't see, I don't see her. She might be. Maybe, maybe in the first service. But we were inviting her. She's in some kind of rehab. And she says, I said, do you know Jesus Christ? And she said, I've heard of him, but I don't know him. And I said, well, he needs to be your higher power. Because they're teaching people in these NAs and AAs and all these things about a higher power. It's not just a higher power. His name is Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And it says, the law of the spirit of life, if you want life, you have to believe in Jesus. In Christ Jesus has made me free. How come I'm free this morning? Because of Christ Jesus. He's made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, this is where you better start being a little bit more excited, okay? I'm past the hell part, right? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, and listen, I'm no, I don't care what you think about this, it's made me free because see I had that revelation of hell I know what what was waiting for me I felt it I was telling someone after the service, someone visiting in the first service a little bit of my testimony and as I was sharing it I began to weep my hair began to stand on my, on my hair because it felt like 28 years ago when it was happening when God said if you don't get saved tonight when I said the word tonight something hit me it was that night so it was real to me I want you to understand that when I preach to you, I'm preaching from the passion of my own heart and what Jesus did for me. Because I don't, I don't need you to understand what Jesus did for me. I need to understand what Jesus did for me. But you do need to understand what Jesus did for you. And he saved me and made me free. Today, I look at this flag. I think of our country. I think of my salvation. And I'm free today, not because I deserve it, but because God is good. Amen. 
from the law of sin and death. Now let's look at a few verses here in John chapter 8. Some of the best verses you can have for 4th of July and Independence Day. On Friday morning in our discipleship, I, had a, I sent out a text the night before and asked some of the guys to bring a verse of what freedom in Christ meant to them. And it's, it's so powerful to see how so many different men can bring so many different verses. But this is an area of verses where more than one person talked about these verses because they're very common to when you think about freedom. But it's kind of like this. When we say, oh, 4th of July, oh, fireworks, oh, we're so free, we say a lot of things, right? We say a lot of things a lot of times. But my question is, do we believe it? Does it mean something to us? And a lot of times we just, we just as people, we just go through the motions. I want us to read these scriptures and understand that the freedom we have in Christ this morning is because he is truth. How many know there's only one truth? Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, verse 31, here's the key. If you abide in my word. Church, we've been talking about this a lot on Wednesday nights in discipleship. You don't need to tell people your opinion. You need to tell people God's word. Jesus said, the Bible says, and he says, if you abide in my word, if we want freedom in Christ this morning, we can't make up what we want. See, today, there's a reason why our nation is blessed. There's a reason why we're free. But we can quickly lose that freedom if we don't stay around with what got us free in the first place. And the same thing happens in the spiritual realm. Jesus has made us free, but we can choose to lose our freedom if we don't abide in his word. We hear the word freedom in Christ. We say, I'm free in Christ. But do we really believe it and do we abide in his word? You are my, he says, if you do that, you are my disciples indeed. Let's keep reading. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. How many are thankful that the truth has come to your life? The truth of the gospel, salvation, and freedom in Jesus because of truth. They answered. Here's, here's what we do too as human beings. They answered, we are Abraham's descendants. We always have to put a button there or a, or a why or ask questions. He says, we're Abraham's, and watch this, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. Isn't that what a lot of people with that before they meet Christ say? I'm a good person. I'm, I'm, I'm nice to people. I do more good than bad. I'm not a troublemaker. There are all kinds of excuses. And they don't recognize that they're in bondage. If we could see in the physical, in, in, this, in the physical what happens in the spiritual, we would be talking to these people, and maybe we would be these people, that are like the people that are in prison. When they transport somebody in prison who is a major criminal, they, 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 they cuff their feet together. Some of y'all are nodding your heads because you've been there. More than one. Quite a few, actually, in this church. Amen. Thank God. That God's, thank God you're here and not there. I know, I'm not trying to bring back any memories here or anything. Amen. But thank God you're here and not there. Amen. Don't mess with this church, boy. We got some good people go back to their past fast. Handcuffs here, handcuffs on the feet, handcuffs to the wrist, and they're all ch chained up. That's how everybody's walking around. They don't realize that they're in bondage. 
because we're all in bondage. We're all sinners. They say, we don't have any bondage. How can you say, and this is the problem, why isn't everybody in the world saved? Because they don't realize they need to be saved. They don't realize that they're, that they're locked up. They don't really think they're free. They think they're free. And he says, how can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered, most assuredly, this is, this is the key to the whole message. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever, I want you to leave this up there for a second, whoever commits sin, and just real quick to make sure that we're on uh, equal ground, is there anybody in here who has never committed sin? I just want to see you raise your hand real quick. I just, just, anybody? 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 There's only one. He's back there in that back row. And his name is Briar. He hasn't sinned yet. But oh, he will. Amen? But that's because he's a baby and he doesn't know how to sin yet. He is a sinner. That's what's crazy. He's a sin nature. But he doesn't know how to sin yet. But how many know it won't be hard for him to learn? He'll figure that out real fast. But he says, whoever, and that means everybody, commits sin, watch this, is a slave of sin. Now that word slave, we don't, we don't like to talk about that a lot, and it can cause all kinds of problems, but the truth is, everybody has a master. And it's funny because a lot of people in this world that are powerful, they have a master too. All the billionaires and the multi-billionaires and the athletes and so many singers and so many people, they have a master. And his name is Lucifer. And they bow, everybody bows to somebody. And it's funny because they think they're so powerful and all that. But they're just puppets. And that's why Jesus actually said in his own words, he said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose their soul? And today we have lots of people who have actually sold their soul to the devil for money, for power, for all kinds of things. But they don't realize that they're going to have to pay for that. All the blessings they have now, they're going to have to pay for it in eternity. And they are slaves of sin. And so we've got to understand, the reason I can be free this morning is I must understand that I have to be free from something, and that is that I'm a slave to sin. Paul actually said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. So he says, there's a battle in my flesh between right and wrong. Everybody commit, that commits sin is a slave of sin. Jesus is telling them, you are in a state of, of, of slavery and you need to be free. Now watch what he says after this. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. How many sons and daughters do I have in here this morning? A son and daughter will abide forever. Amen? And it says, therefore, if the son capital S, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Does anybody know what it's like this morning to be free? Is anybody thankful for your freedom? I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. But the question is, what are we doing with our freedom? That's the question. What are we doing with our freedom? We've been given freely God, God, God gave it to us without asking for us anything in return for salvation. He does ask us for something in return once we get saved. But to be saved, he doesn't ask for anything. He says, just believe. That's it. 
All of you people here this morning, young people, older people, every person here, we could, we could say, you know what, I'm going to do my very best. I am going to have the best day ever, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mess up today. As a matter of fact, we could spend all day right now, we could just stay here till midnight, and we could have the worship team up, come up, and we could worship, and we could read more verses, and we could worship, and we'll read more verses, we could go eat something, come back in, and we could just be like, we're just going to make today a holy day, and we're not going to do anything wrong, and even doing all that without Jesus, we're lost. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. There's nothing we can do to earn his freedom except believe. He says, when you know that truth, that truth will break the chains and set you free. Amen? Are y'all still here? Now watch this, though. As I begin to close, watch this. Galatians chapter 5. What do we need to do then with this freedom? We need to stand. We need to stand. We need to stand fast. We need to stand firm. In the liberty, that's another word for freedom, by which Jesus Christ has made us free. Watch this. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This is what so many people do. They go back and put the yoke back on themselves again. Can you imagine this morning, there might be some people in here spiritually who are walking around with their wrists and their feet chained to their, rest, to, their, to their waist, chained up because you don't know Jesus and you're a slave to sin. But wouldn't it be sad if we could see in the spiritual that some of us who have accepted Christ, believed in Christ, and walked in freedom would walk back in here with those chains back on again? Wouldn't that be weird if you saw me up here this morning preaching? I probably should have done that. It would have been a nice visual. Chained feet, chained hands. I'll just walk like it right now, like a penguin. Can you imagine seeing me, your pastor, chained up in sin again? Why would I, why, why would I want to be like this when God has made me free? But he says, don't be entangled again. That shows me that you can be entangled again. That shows me that you can go back to your old ways. That shows me that you can take for granted your freedom. Like so many people do today in our country. They take for granted the freedom that we have. And like I said, they do dumb things with it. Don't do that as a Christian. What do we need to do? We need to live a life that tells others about the Lord. We need others to know what we know. I, I know it's crazy, and I'm going to give one more verse and we're going to close. I know it's crazy, but Jesus chose us to spread his gospel. Us. But here's the problem. Why isn't the world saved? Why, isn't, why aren't we in the revival we want to see to the full capacity? Why isn't God moving the way God wants to move? Because he needs us. That's the sad and good reality. He needs us. And I think a lot of times, here's the problem. I'm going to close it up with this. Here's the problem. We don't appreciate enough our freedom. I, I would say first on the physical in our country, across this place, from side to side and back, front to back, there are people in all kinds of different levels of appreciation of your country. There are people, I thank God that I had a grandpa who served in a world war. I thank God that I had men in my life growing up who served our country and taught me respect for authority and taught me respect for our country, and I'm patriotic. And I thank God for this nation.
And I have a great level of appreciation. But there are people in this place who have a greater appreciation than me. The owner of our building has a great appreciation for freedom. He has flags everywhere, all the time, his truck, and everywhere he goes. But some of us in here might not appreciate our country. You live, it, live in it, and, you, and you're here, but you're just taking up oxygen. You're not thankful for this country. That's just his truth. Am I telling the truth? Hopefully no one here is that way, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's people here who never think about. You're not thinking about the people who died today. You're thinking about the barbecue you're going to eat. And there's nothing wrong with eating the barbecue. But when was the last time you were truly thankful? I watched my papa every time a patriotic song came on, he cried. He cried because this, this country means something to him because he, he sacrificed his life. He went over to Korea and fought, or sorry, Japan and fought in a war and was, he could have lost his life. How many soldiers go in the physical and do what we won't do in the spiritual? They say, I might not come back from this country I'm going to, but I love my country so much, I'll go give my life. Now in the spiritual, it's the same thing. Stay with me. There's a variance of appreciation in this church of how much we thank God for our freedom in Christ. We should all be at the roof with our, thanks, with our thanksgiving. But the, the truth is, there's a variance in appreciation. Are you here? You still here? You here online? You watching? You listening? I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a true statement here. Don't get mad at me. There's a variance in appreciation, and the way we know that is by the way we live. The way we live every day, not on Sunday. Yesterday at the parade, by the way, we had a great parade yesterday. Almost a hundred people from our church showed up to the parade. It was awesome. We didn't win a prize, but we were on the newspaper. They put our picture in the newspaper. Awesome opportunity to give out flyers and BBS stuff, and it was awesome. When we were there, somebody started that chant, we love Jesus, yes we do, we love Jesus, how about you? And someone did it back to us, and I think we did it ourselves at one point, and it was rah, rah, rah. How many know that rah, rah, rah doesn't mean anything? Stay with me. On Sundays, we come in, and we, we love Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? And we clap, and we shout, and we praise. But what are we doing on Monday? What are we doing on Thursday? What are we doing to show our appreciation? How many of us this morning would die for Jesus this morning? I'm not saying this in any way condemning. I'm saying it for you to think about it. Because how we live... And the fruit we bear shows how much we appreciate our freedom in Christ. Luke chapter 4 says this. Here's what Jesus wants you to do with the freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We need to make that personal. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me. And you. This is for you personally. To preach the gospel to the poor. Oh, that's your job. You're the preacher. You're the pastor. No, we're all preachers. Here in Texas and in the South, they'll, they'll say, this is the preacher. Sometimes these, these older guys around here, will, not in our church, but outside, they'll announce me to somebody and they'll say, he's the preacher over at the church. No, you're a preacher too if you believe in Jesus. Everybody's a preacher. 
He says he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And to proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Do you realize this morning that you were one of those? That I was one of those? Who told you about Jesus? Who are you going to tell about Jesus? Or are you just going to sit back like we do on 4th of July and celebrate and do fireworks and eat barbecue and say what a great country we live in, but none of us would die for it? Oh, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? And Jesus is saying, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, preach my gospel. If you're thankful for the freedom you have, share it with somebody. How many can do a better job of that? All of us. Let's, let's stand to our feet this morning. Father, thank you. I'm going to pray a prayer, and you're welcome to join with me in, in, in it with me, but it's personal for me. I'm not praying it for you. Father, I thank you for my country. thank you for the freedom that I have, the liberty that I have. I thank you that this is the greatest country in the world. We have a lot of mess ups and a lot of things going a different direction. But Lord, you started this country, founded on your word. We're blessed. And I thank you for this country that I was born and I could have been born somewhere else. I have no power over where I was born, but I'm thankful that I was born here. And God, I'm thankful this morning that I'm saved. I am thankful that I'm born again. I'm thankful that my name is in the Lamb's book of life and that somebody preached the gospel to me. Thank you, Father, that somebody was bold enough to preach on hell so I could be saved. Otherwise, I'd be in hell today, God, forever, in eternal torture, in eternal darkness, in eternal flames, in eternal place of weeping and gnashing of teeth but God I'm not there because somebody was anointed to preach the gospel to me somebody opened their mouth and told me about Jesus and now today God I want to do the same thing for somebody else I want to be that messenger to somebody else because I have freedom in you but I want to be sure that others know that freedom as well how many is heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place? Could be honest this morning and say, I don't know the Jesus Christ you're talking about. Like that woman at Cracker Barrel said, I've heard of him, but I don't know him. Do you know him this morning? Do you know him personally? Have you put your faith in him? The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. He wants to have a relationship with you. He says, if you'll open up that door, I'll come in and dine with you. That means that's personal. That's, that's, that's spending time with him. He says, if you'll open that door, I'll come in and I'll give you eternal life. But the Bible says we must put our faith in Jesus Christ. We must believe that he took our place on that cross. That he shed his blood and died so we don't have to die. How many all across this place, young and old, front to back, side to side, could say, Pastor, would you pray with me this morning? Jesus to be Lord of my life and I've never done that just put your hand up and put it right back down all across this place all across this congregation that's me I want to 
wait just a moment. That's me. I've never said that prayer. I want to make sure I'm saved today. I want to make sure that I have that freedom in Christ. Maybe you're here and at some point you said that prayer. But today, as that verse said in Galatians, you have gone back to bondage. You've gone back to your old ways. You've put on that sin to slavery again. And today you want to be set free. You want those chains to be broken again. How many could say, Pastor, that's me. I need those chains. I, I believe and I've accepted them, but I've put that, that bondage on me again. And I want it off. Just put your hand up all across this place. I want to pray for you. All across this place. Online, you might be watching. You might be listening on the podcast. This message is for you. We're going to say a sinner's prayer before we move in a different direction. And I want everybody in this place to say this with me so that anybody watching online can say this with us. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I fall short of your glory. I know the wages of my sin are death and separation from you. But the gift of God is eternal life. Today I put my faith in what you did on the cross for me, for shedding your blood, taking my place, and then raising from the dead to defeat death. I believe that. Come into my life. Be my master and my Lord. Break the chains off of me so I'm no longer a slave to sin, but I'm a son of God heir to the promise please write my name in the Lamb's book of life in Jesus name Amen Amen let's give the Lord a praise this